You're listening to the official podcast of Asbury University, produced by students with God-honoring conversations that inform, edify, and encourage. This is Asbury. We explore culture and current topics through a Christian worldview, promoting a well-balanced life, and we empower our community to belong, become, and be set apart. I'm your host, Abby Lobb. Welcome to This is Asbury. Last fall, Asbury was honored to host theologian N.T. Wright. And while Mr. Wright was here on campus speaking to students, he took a little time to sit down and talk with Asbury President Dr. Kevin Brown on the topic of belonging and becoming. We hope you enjoy their conversation. Greetings. My name is Kevin Brown. I serve as the president of Asbury University. I have the great privilege of being here with N.T. Wright, uh, a prolific author, well-known throughout the United States and throughout the world uh, for his writing, for his scholarship, and his contributions to the Christian community. Dr. Wright, thank you for being with us here at Asbury. Thank you. My pleasure to be back here again after quite a long interval. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> we have an expression at the school where we desire to create the conditions for our students to belong, to become, and to be set apart. And the expression to belong uh, very much signals a kind of acceptance and kindness, uh, maybe even respecting one another's differences. Uh, but it can be a more demanding term. And I was wondering if you'd be willing just to speak to that a moment. Yeah, I mean, belonging to me sounds like family. And uh, when somebody is part of a family, a child grows up understanding how the family behaves, eating with the family, going on vacation with the family, etc., but quite soon, quite early, I've got four children and six grandchildren, so I know a bit about this. Quite early, some children will push against some of what they're hearing, receiving, maybe because they're getting information from elsewhere or whatever. And then the, 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 the key thing is how you negotiate that. And the wise parent will um, make space for the child to discover certain things while making it clear when the child is young, particularly, that there are actually boundaries here. And I think then... The family model for a wider society, and certainly anything intermediate like a university, should be that we do make space for one another, but there are certain ground rules, certain assumptions, even if we don't necessarily spell them out, because part of the belonging thing is intuiting rather than having a list of 25 rules which are on the on the notice board. Um, and, and that, of course, um, speaking to you in your position, that is something which there's a tone set from the top of the organisation. And I've worked in many organisations and I've seen how the tone that is set by the people who are in the, the leadership uh, does in fact affect the assumptions that people make about what it means to belong to this community. Mm -hmm. um, it's like an extended family with a, uh, a, I was going to say a paterfamilias, but it might be a, a materfamilias as well. The, 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 the people at the top do set the tone for what belonging is then going to mean. Yes, yes, well said. When we speak to the notion of becoming. Uh, this really relates to our founder over a century ago who said that Asbury exists for the formative development of our students, that students aren't brains on a stick, they're persons, and we seek to impact their uh, transformation as a person, their spirituality, their intellect, uh, their full personhood. And so it, it, Christianity, we talk about uh, the formative experience that we're becoming something. Uh, this is a very broad 
question. Uh, but what are some of those things that we are we are working towards, that we're forming ourselves towards as people of faith? Yeah, yeah. Um, this is so important. I, I, I wrote a commentary on Galatians recently in the Erdman's Christian Formation series, and one of the reasons I was happy to do it was because Galatians is where Paul says, my little children, I'm in labor with you again until the Messiah is formed in you. And Paul was seeing that as as that process of becoming and formation, that they needed to learn to think and be um, Messiah people. They needed to learn the parameters set by who Jesus was and what he did. Um, and elsewhere, he, he talks about um, being renewed in knowledge according to the image of the creator. Um, it's in Colossians 3 as a fascinating phrase because it's something to do with we are made in the image of God, um, we are made, that is, to reflect God into the world and reflect the world in its praises back to God. Um, that's all gone horribly wrong, the great story of Genesis 3, etc. But the gospel renews us in that knowledge, and as that happens, we become more genuinely human. And so uh, there's a phrase uh, um, an old friend of mine used in the title of a book, becoming human together. And that's kind of elusive. It's it's like almost like a dream, but we glimpse it sometimes, what it might mean to be more genuinely human. And for me, it is about being in the image of God, um, which I think is not, in biblical terms, about there being one bit of us which resembles God, but that rather, like an image in a temple, we are supposed to be reflecting God, the wise and generous creator, into the world, and then, as I say, reflecting the praises of the world back to God. We're a kind of angled mirror. So teaching one another how to become cleaned up, genuine angled mirrors to reflect the love and wisdom of God. I mean, obviously, university is about helping people to discover in which ways out of the thousand that might be available, they are going to be best at reflecting the goodness of God, the creator, into the world, whether it's through medicine, whether it's through technology, whether it's through poetry, whether it's through, through um, history, whatever. These are all ways of reflecting the manifold wisdom of God into the world. And so I, I would go back to the image of God and bring it through the gospel to Colossians 3.10 and similar passages and say that that's what we're really aiming for, to become that. Oh, wonderful. And it sounds, it's social, as you're oh, saying. It is. It's it, not an independent exercise. No, no absolutely. And yet, um, the to and fro between the, 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 uh, the person and the society is really important. And of course, since the Enlightenment, there's been a great stress on Western individualism. And many Christians think that the only thing that really matters is me and my relationship with God, yes. um, forgetting that, of course, um, we know God not least as we are the community of the people of God. And there's no such thing as a solo Christian and all that. Um, but we have to allow for um, people to explore, people to grow, people to develop. Um, but they must or should come back to the community and test things out and come back and find out whether there is acceptance or whether they're just being mavericks and, and so on, which is always that's it's always a possibility. When you're doing research, um, you, you're going out into the unknown. You don't know whether what you're doing is going to be any use or whether you're making a horrible mistake, but you've got to try it and see. And that's where a university can say wisely, that was a very interesting idea, but there's a big hole here. How are we going to deal with it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so forming people to be themselves while being part of the wise, outward-looking community. Yes, yes. One of the greatest compliments I 
receive uh, for, for our institution, not, not on behalf of myself, but on behalf of our students, is that they're different. Oh. Uh, when an employer, a pastor, someone in the community says, your students are different. They're set apart. Oh. And so I appreciate that. And that is a desire that our students are set apart. Again, very broad. What are some ways you see in the world today that if Christians really desire to be set apart, what are some of the key distinctions? Yeah, yeah. That is tough because, of course, there are all sorts of things which are culturally um, different from one place to another. And the opportunities for things for Christians to do would be very different, say, if you were a Christian in North America from if you were Christian in, say, Myanmar or somewhere like that. Yes. Um, your opportunities might be rather more restricted, should we say, um, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it seems to me that uh, in, in my country we've had to navigate, because when I was growing up it was assumed by many people that England is basically a Christian country, and that if you were a churchgoer, then you kind of fitted in, you were part of what Great Britain was all about. Now it's very, very different. But the church has forgotten that there are many times when you have to say, we must obey God rather than human authorities. Um, And relearning that is a task which my church, I think, should be struggling to do and isn't terribly good at doing right now. Um, And no doubt we all have problems on those lines. But so discernment would be one of the key things. Um, We live in a world where people are just, as Paul says, blown this way and that by every wind of opinion. And suddenly everyone you're with is drifting in this direction or drifting in that direction. And and the, the, the art of prayerful discernment, of being able to say, actually, this is wise and good, and that, though a lot of people are doing it at the moment, is leading us over a cliff. Um, and that'll change from week to week and year to year. But but the, the practice of wise discernment, I would see as, as a major thing. And a university ought to train people to be prepared to do that. And that's so in moral issues in present, you know, the complete confusion over uh, gender roles and sexual behavior, all of that. Um, Well-taught Christians at a good university ought to have a sense that they know where the basic starting points are. It's not just a matter of there's a verse in the Bible which says this. It's much more organic than that. And being able to think that through and articulate it. But also in terms of priorities in terms of uh, I bang on about Psalm 72 a lot which is you know this is what the true king ought to do to look after the poor and the helpless and the orphans and the widows etc are we training a generation of people for whom that'll be the priority Um, you know when when we had the great financial crisis in 2008 because I was Bishop of Durham I was in the House of Lords and we had this great debate about oh dear what's going to happen next Almost all the speeches were about how can we help those poor bankers to get back on their feet. I was the only person who made a a speech about how can we help the people at the bottom of the pile who are being made bankrupt by this uh, to survive, never mind get back on their feet. And it's easy, that's what the church has to do. And we need to train people who will be prepared to stand up when everyone else is saying, oh dear, those poor rich people, how how are they going to manage to say, no, actually, it's the poor people we've got to worry about first. So there's things like that which... The church needs to be seen to be giving a lead over. Yes, yes. Thank you for sharing with us. Thank you for your continued contributions uh, to the Christian church and to institutions like Asbury, Asbury Seminary. We've been so blessed to have you here. So thank thank you. you for the time. It's a delight to be here again. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of This is Asbury. To learn more about Asbury University, visit asbury.edu. 